26th Lesson Christ the Intercessor But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. Luke 22, 32 I do not say unto you that I will ask the Father for you. John 16, 26 He ever lives to make intercession. Hebrews 7, 25 All growth in the spiritual life is connected to clearer insight into what Jesus is to us. The more I realize that Christ must be all to me and in me, and that all in Christ is indeed for me, the more I learn to live the real life of faith, dying to self to live in Christ. The Christian life is no longer the vain struggle to live right, but it is the resting in Christ and finding strength in Him as our life to fight the fight and gain the victory of faith. This is especially true of the life of prayer. As it comes under the law of faith alone, and is seen in the light of the fullness and completeness in Jesus, the believer understands that prayer need no longer be a matter of anxious care, but an experience of what Christ will do for him and in him. This experience is a participation in the life of Christ, which is the same on earth as in heaven, always ascending to the Father as prayer. And the believer begins to pray. He trusts not only in the merits of Jesus or His intercession, by which our unworthy prayers are made acceptable, but also in that near and close union through which He prays in us and we in Him. The whole of salvation is Christ Himself. He has given Himself to us. He lives in us. Because He prays, we pray too. As when the disciples saw Jesus pray, they asked Him to make them partakers of what He knew of prayer, so we now see Him as intercessor on the throne and know that He makes us participate with Him in the life of prayer. This comes out clearly in the last night of His life. In His high priestly prayer, John 17, He shows us how and what He prays to the Father and will pray when He ascends to heaven. In His parting address, He repeatedly connected His going to the Father with the disciples' new life of prayer. The two would be ultimately connected. His entrance into the work of His eternal intercession would be the commencement and the power of their new prayer, life in His name. It is the sight of Jesus in His intercession that gives us power to pray in His name. All right and power of prayer is Christ's. He makes us share in His intercession. To understand this, think first of His intercession. He lives to make intercession. The work of Christ on earth as high priest was only a beginning. As Aaron offered sacrifices, Jesus shed his blood. As Melchizedek, he now lives within the veil to continue his work for the power of the eternal life. As Melchizedek is more glorious than Aaron, so in the work of intercession the atonement has its true power and glory. Scripture Christ Jesus is He who died, and even more, He that also rose again, who furthermore is at the right hand of God, who also makes entreaty for us. Romans 8.34 That intercession is an intense reality, a work that is absolutely necessary, without which the continued application of redemption cannot take place. In the incarnation and resurrection of Jesus, the wondrous reconciliation took place by which man became a partaker of the divine life and blessedness.
But the real personal appropriation of this reconciliation in each of his members cannot take place without the unceasing exercise of his divine power by the head in heaven. In all conversion and sanctification, in every victory over sin and the world, there is a real effort of the power of him who is mighty to save. And this exercise of his power only takes place through his prayer. He asks of the Father and receives from the Father. He is able also to save to the uttermost those that come unto God by him, seeing he ever lives to make intercession for them. Hebrews 7.25 There is not a need of his people that he does not receive and intercede for what the Godhead has to give. His mediation on the throne is as real and indispensable as on the cross. Nothing takes place without his intercession. It engages his time and powers and is his unceasing occupation at the right hand of the Father. And we participate not only in the benefits of his work, but also in the work itself. This is because we are his body. Body and members are one. The eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. 1 Corinthians 12.21 We share with Jesus in all he is and has. The clarity which thou gavest to me I have given them. John 17.22 We are partakers of his life, his righteousness, and his work. We share with him in his intercession, too. It is not a work he does without us. We do this because we are partakers of his life. Christ, who is our life. Colossians 3, 4. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Galatians 2, 20. The life in him and in us is identical, one and the same. His life in heaven is an ever-praying life. When his life descends and dwells in us, it doesn't lose its character. In us, too, it is the ever-praying life, a life that asks and receives from God without ceasing. And this is not as if there were two separate currents of prayer rising upwards, one from him and one from his people. No, but the substantial life union is also prayer union. What he prays passes through us. What we pray passes through him. He is the angel with the golden censer. There was given unto him much incense of the prayers of all the saints, the secret of acceptable prayer, that he should offer upon the golden altar. Revelation 8, 3. We live and we abide in him, the interceding one. The only begotten is the only one who has the right to pray. But we can come boldly unto the throne of his grace, because the Son has become our high priest. Hebrews 4, 16. As in all other things, the fullness dwells in him, so the true prayer fullness does too. He alone has the power of prayer. We have power in prayer through him. The effectual prayer of the righteous is very powerful. James 5.16. For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. 2 Corinthians 5.21. Growth in the spiritual life consists of a deeper belief that all the treasures are in him and that we are also in him. Each moment we receive what we possess in him, grace for grace, 
prayer life is the same. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly things in Christ. Ephesians 1, 3. Our faith in the intercession of Jesus must not only be that He prays in our stead when we do not or cannot pray, but as the author of our life and our faith, He also draws us to pray in unison with Himself. Our prayer must be a work of faith in the sense that as we know that Jesus communicates His whole life in us, He also breathes into us our praying. To many a believer, it was a new era in his spiritual life when it was revealed to him how truly and entirely Christ was his life, securing his faithfulness and obedience. It was then that he began to live a life of faith. No less blessed will be the discovery that Christ is the guarantee for our prayer life too. As the center and embodiment of all prayer, it is communicated by him through the Holy Spirit to his people. He ever lives to make intercession as the head of the body and the leader in the new and living way that he has opened up as the author and the perfecter of our faith. He provides everything for the life of his redeemed ones by giving his own life in them. He cares for their life of prayer by taking them into his heavenly prayer life, by giving and maintaining his prayer life within them. Scripture I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. Luke 22:32. Our faith and prayer of faith is rooted in his. If ye abide in me, the eternal intercessor, and pray with me and in me, ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. The thought of our fellowship in the intercession of Jesus reminds us of what he has taught us more than once before how all these wonderful prayer promises have the glory of God in the manifestation of His kingdom and the salvation of sinners as their aim and justification. As long as we chiefly pray for ourselves, the promises of the last night must remain a sealed book to us. The promises are given to the fruit-bearing branches of the vine, to disciples sent into the world to live for perishing men. They are given to His faithful servants and intimate friends who take up the work He leaves behind. Like their Lord, they become as the seed corn, losing their lives to multiply them. Let us each find out what our work is and which souls are entrusted to our special prayers. Let us make our intercession for them our life of fellowship with God. We shall not only find the promises of power in prayer made true to us, but we shall also then begin to realize how our abiding in Christ and His abiding in us make us share in His own joy of blessing and saving men. O most wonderful intercession of our blessed Lord Jesus! We not only owe everything to that intercession, but we are also taken up as active partners and fellow workers through it. Now we understand what it is to pray in the name of Jesus and why it has such power. To pray in His name, in His Spirit, in Him, in perfect union with Him, is the active and most effective intercession of Christ Jesus. When will we be wholly taken up into it and always pray in it? Blessed Lord, in lowly adoration I again bow before You. Your whole redemptive work has now passed into prayer. Prayer is what occupies You in maintaining and dispensing what You purchased with Your blood. 
you live to pray. Because we abide in you, we have direct access to the Father, and our lives can be lives of unceasing prayer, and the answer to our prayer is certain. Blessed Lord, you have invited your people to be your fellow workers in a life of prayer. You have united yourself with your people. As your body, they share with you in the ministry of intercession through which the world can be filled with the fruit of your redemption and the glory of the Father. With more liberty than ever, I come to you, my Lord, and beseech you, teach me to pray. Your life is prayer. Your life is mine. Lord, teach me to pray in you and like you. O my Lord, let me know, as you promised your disciples, that you are in the Father, I am in you, and you are in me. Let the uniting power of the Holy Spirit make my whole life an abiding in you and your intercession. May my prayer be its echo, so the Father hears me in you and you in me. Lord Jesus, let your mind be in everything in me, and let my life be in everything in you. In this way, I shall be prepared to be the channel through which your intercession pours its blessing on the world. Amen. Note The new era of prayer in the name of Jesus is pointed out by Christ as the time of the outpouring of the Spirit in which the disciples entered upon a more enlightened comprehension of the plan of redemption and became conscious of their oneness with Jesus as of His oneness with the Father. Their prayer in the name of Jesus was directed to the Father. Jesus said, I do not say unto you that I will ask the Father for you, for the Father Himself loves you. John 16, 26-27 He had previously spoken of the time before the Spirit's coming. I will ask the Father, and He shall give you another Comforter. John 14, 16 The central thought of this prayer is the insight into our being united to God in Christ. The living bond of union between God and us is expressed in John 17:23, I in them and thou in me. In Jesus we behold the Father as united to us, and ourselves as united to the Father. Jesus Christ must have been revealed to us not only through the truth in the mind, but also in our inmost personal consciousness as the living personal reconciliation. God's fatherhood and father love have been perfectly united with human nature in Christ. The immediate prayer to the Father does not negate the role of Christ as mediator. It is no longer looked upon as external that exists outside of us, but as a real, living, spiritual existence within us, so that Christ for us, the mediator, has really become Christ in us. When the consciousness of this oneness between God in Christ and us in Christ is lacking or has been darkened by the sense of guilt, then the prayer of faith looks to our Lord as the Advocate who asks the Father for us. Compare John 16.26 with 14.16-17, Luke 22.32, and 1 John 2.1. To take Christ as Advocate is according to John 16.26, but it's not perfectly the same as the prayer in His name. Christ's advocacy is meant to lead us to that life union with Him and with the Father in Him. Christ is the one in whom God enters into immediate relationship and unites Himself with us and in whom we enter into immediate relationship with God. 
Even so, the prayer in the name of Jesus does not consist of our prayer at His command. The disciples had prayed in that way ever since the Lord had given them His Our Father, and yet He said, Until now ye have asked nothing in my name. When the mediation of Christ has become life and power within us through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, His mind will take possession of and fill our personal consciousness and will. In faith and love we have Jesus in us as the Reconciler who has actually made us one with God. His name, which includes His nature and His work, then becomes truth and power in us, and not only for us, and we have in the name of Jesus the free, direct access to the Father and are sure of being heard. Prayer in the name of Jesus is the liberty of a son with the Father, just as Jesus had this as the firstborn. We pray in the place of Jesus, not as if we could put ourselves in His place, but as far as we are in Him and He in us. We go directly to the Father. When the inner man does not live in Christ and does not have Him present as the living one, His word will not rule in the heart where His truth and life have not become the life of our soul. It is vain to think that a formula like, For the sake of thy dear Son, will avail. Christlicher Ethik von Dr. I. T. Beck, Tübingen, 339